from transfer portal, NFL draft, spring game, everything in between. Has it been a successful offseason for Baylor football? You are Locked On Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to the end of the work week. Drake Toll here from Sports Illustrated's Inside the Bears alongside Scotty Swingler, the pigskin preacher. Thank you for making Locked On Baylor your first listen every single day. Scotty, I know you had a great weekend watching the spring game last weekend, cooking up some barbecue, a busy Saturday for you. And I want to start with a blanket statement here on whether or not Baylor's offseason in football so far, because it's still got a little bit to go, has been a success before we dive into the spring game in your eyes. You know, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. I, and it's really, you know, it's tough to say until we see how this fall turns out, right? But, um, I mean, we'll get more into it with the spring game, but I feel like you, you used the transfer portal well to fill some holes that were left at the end of this past season. I think that was evident this past weekend. And, you know, I think, if nothing else, Drake, I think the players are really fired up about the ch- uh, transition at defensive coordinator. Um, they seem to rally around Coach Pallage and, and what they're doing there. And so, you know, as far as like, the big moves of the offseason, I think Baylor's done well. Um, now, how, how much that improves Baylor from a win-loss perspective this fall obviously remains to be seen. I like it. Your resident pessimist here. I think Baylor's had a pretty good offseason. When you look at how Dave Aranda has adjusted to the transfer portal and you look at how the defense, Matt Pallage, and that hire has improved, the energy has improved. Going into next season, there is a a glimmer of hope. I don't want to say more so than last year because we thought Baylor was going to run the table last season. But now going into this year, it feels a lot better today, Friday, April 28th, than it did right after. Had you asked me post-Air Force uh, Armed Forces Bowl, it's a much different spot. So I really do think this offseason has gone, maybe not as well as it could have gone, but pretty darn good for Aranda and company. But Scotty, diving into the screen and gold game, I, I wasn't blown away by anything. I found myself bored at times. I wanted better play from the quarterbacks, but there was energy defensively. There were running backs like Dominic Richardson, who really stepped up, Bryson Washington. I thought the offensive line looked solid. Overall, I was pretty. I don't know if I was going to say that I was. I'm, I'm completely happy with what I saw. I don't think it was a uh, an overall A plus performance, but I'm happy with details, pieces that I was surprised by. You kind of just took all my talking points, Drake. I think <laughs> I think you nailed it, man. I mean, the biggest thing for me was offensive line. I mean, I mean, you lost so much talent. Uh, from that position group from last season's team and and seeing those transfers get right in there, the Barrington brothers and, and so on, get in there and play well, play really well. And our defensive line still has a lot of talent. So, yeah. so the offensive line performing as well as they did, especially in the run game is a great sign. Um, knowing that you're going to have a real power back to compliment Richard Reese with Dominic Richardson, it's just so reassuring. And we knew what he could do, but seeing him really kind of be the, the 1B to Reese 1A in that spring game, Man, it's got to make you feel good, make you feel like you're getting back to almost an Ebner and um, Abram Smith vibe, at least in that room. You know, I I thought, you know, I think there's still question marks at secondary. You lost some of your big names there to the transfer portal. But frankly, like they covered up 
most of the receivers, yeah. most of the day. I mean, I didn't feel like there was other than maybe two plays where, where guys were just kind of wide open. I didn't feel like there was a lot of breakdowns in the secondary. So yeah, overall really pleased in the details. Um, I think the defense is going to continue to be um, what this team is built upon. And, you know, if, if your offensive line stays healthy and you keep rotating in those backs, um, quarterbacks just got to be competent at yeah. that point. You would hope. <laughs> I, I, we made the case last year, Scotty, just throw you or me back there. Somebody please, they can hand the ball off. That's what Gary Bohanna did. Hey, he was, the, he was great at handing the ball off as was Blake Shapin. And if you get more of that this year and Baylor wins, that's okay. If they're running yeah. for 300 yards per game and holding the ball, that was the recipe for victory when they did win last year. And I, I like you mentioned secondary. I, I was impressed with that group because my expectations were so low. There were some times where guys got open 10 yards, 15 yards downfield, but that kind of middle area, that middle gap, you see Sawyer Blake rolling right. They just find somebody who streaks across and gets open in the middle. It was never a, oh, no, somebody's wide open on this slant route, and they're going to take it for 50. Somebody's wide open deep. They're going to take it for 50. Exactly. It was the drag sli slips deep down, and, and uh, well, you know, that's going to happen. The tie, He hits Jake Roberts, the new tight end. Um, but in that I'm impressed with Jake Roberts, who was able to find seams and get open on Saturday. I, I, I thought Jeff Grimes had a, a good Saturday. Yeah, I'd completely agree with you. Um, and, 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 you know, with, uh, with the secondary, I think we're starting to see some of Aranda's initial recruits bud and really emerge as well. Um, guys like Reggie Bush, Tevin Williams, those guys are going to be really important back there. As for Grimes, man, I, 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 I feel like I was one of the stubborn ones last season where I said, yeah. we've seen this offense work. Like, like the transition from Larry Fedora to Jeff Grimes two seasons ago was so stark and so intense. It was so powerful how much better that offense got, even with a guy like Gary Bohannon, who I still underrated, but um, Grimes was not, you know, and I know this is not the popular take after last season. Grimes, I don't think has ever been the issue with this Baylor offense. I think his system works. I think he's finding the guys that fit his scheme. Uh, you're right. You mentioned tight ends. That position group just continues to be stupid deep um, along with the running back. So, um, yeah, again, I think it comes down to finding a guy who's not going to turn the ball over and going to make the right play as a quarterback. Grimes took the now deposed New York Jets quarterback, Zach Wilson, into a top three player in his draft class, took Gary Bohannon and won a Sugar Bowl with him, took Blake Shapin and won at Oklahoma on the road at Texas Tech last season. He's done some magical stuff with some not great, but good system quarterbacks. And I see, I hope that we see that again next year. Scotty, before we turn it into a, I want to get to the draft, the transfer portal. We got to take everything in into effect here for the off season entirely, but quarterback play on Saturday. I, I'm not even going to preface it with anything. Just quarterback play. Go. Blake Shapin looks like the same guy. Yeah, he does. I, I think that, right. I mean, I think that was, I, I'm watching like, all right, let's see what you've added to your game. And it's okay. This is this guy still throwing off his back foot. He still threw in a double, triple coverage twice. Uh, I, I just, man, I root for the kid, Drake. I never root against the kids, but good grief. Um, I'm just, it, it's frustrating. He's and, slowly and, becoming football's flow thamba for me. There that's, you not, <laughs> that's not a good thing. This is not good. That's, that is a remarkable, 
comp. I love that. And, and you know, Sawyer, you saw why Sawyer is highly touted. And Sawyer yet didn't do anything to blow your mind. I mean, yeah. um, I think he could end up being very special. But I think, you know, he, he's younger than we remember than, than we think he is. But I think we we're all hoping he's just going to step up and, you know, fulfill that Austin Novosad ex- expectation we had for, for that kid. And he, that's just not what he is. So, um, you know, I, I think I agree. I think it's Travis Roeder that's been kind of saying, man – you start Blake and it's a short leash. And, yeah. and if, if, you know, that Utah game gets really ugly and, you know, by week three or four, you're still struggling. It's a shorter leash this season than it was last season. I mean, Drake, we lost, we lost drones, I think, because we had too long of a leash yeah. on the starter last year. And so I just, you know, I'm hoping it'll work itself out halfway through the fall. You mentioned we lost drones. Great segue into the transfer portal and not just what Baylor's gotten now, but what they lost over the course of the offseason. But I'll tell you what I've lost recently. That's pounds, Scotty. Pounds. Because of Built Bar. You'll never believe that Built Bar is healthy. I eat one every day. Every single day. It's how I start my day. Because I am so entranced with this little, this little granola bar thing that tastes really good and has 100% real chocolate, real chocolate, and is healthy for you. They also have flavors like churro. You know, I'm a big churro guy. Peanut butter brownie, cookies and cream. I like the coconut almond. You know that. You got to try Built Bar. If you go today, I, I don't know how they do it, but they do it. They have these, this candy. It's like a candy bar. We'll call it a candy bar, but it's only 130 calories, four grams of sugar, 17 grams of protein. And you don't need to wait to get it either. You don't got to like put in, you know, on the website. You can do that and it'll come in like a week or whatever, but you can go to Walmart and you can get or Sam's Club. And you can get Built Bar. Get specialty flavors still at Built.com. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. You get a four-bar box. There's coconut puff. There's chocolate bar. There's there's cookies and cream. Or you go to Sam's Club. You get a 13-bar box with the best flavors out there, like brownie batter puff and churro puff. I'm a big churro guy. You can thank me later. All of that and more at Built Bar. Looking to shed some pounds. Looking to stay healthy. Built Bar. Built.com. Go check them out. All right, Scotty. Transfer portal. There is... A new era, it feels like, of the Dave Aranda era, and that is where he embraces the transfer portal, and you're still seeing that with transfers here recently. Just as a refresher, you have guys like Isaiah Dunson, who were big additions in the offseason, Dominic Richardson, Keetron Jackson. Remember Jack Stone, the kicker out of Michigan State? We talked about Mike Smith from Liberty. Then the offensive line, Campbell Barrington, Clark Barrington, those guys coming in. And then you lost a couple guys like Devin Neal, Kyron Drones. Al Walcott, who we've talked about. Josh Fleeks left the program for Nebraska. Snacks Johnson leaving as well. And then Sawyer Robertson, kind of your crown jewel. A lot of us talked about in this class. Squirrel Williams going out. A lot of names there. But I I believe that Baylor won the transfer portal when you compare the guys leaving to the guys coming in. At a minimum, I think it's, it's a net zero to me. I mean, I mean let's not dismiss the value of some of those guys that left. I think, I think drones leaving hurts. I think Al Walcott and snacks leaving like those are, those are really big contributors who are really good football players um, and who will do well elsewhere. But uh, like I said, you pretty much instantly maintain your quality along the offensive line because you went and got a couple of dudes, Yeah, right? You, you instantly get another really high caliber four-star type, quarterback you instantly get um the abram smith replacement you know prototype running back i mean it, it really 
this is the this is what we're in now, right? I think we talked about this actually the last time I was on a few months ago. Like this is just what it is. Every off season, you're gonna have a you know big group of guys leaving. You're gonna have an influx of guys coming in, and yeah. and for Aranda to you know already have embraced it, and not to speak ill of our former coach because you know I I still just adore him, but you know hearing um, rules words about the transfer portal last week kind of throwing some shade at, at the whole thing. Um, that old school, you know, commitment kind of mindset. I, I'm yeah. thankful. You know, one thing I've I've said this about Aranda to a lot of people recently, and I got to meet him for the first time at the barbecue at the spring game. Super nice guy. Um, and I told him this. He is always willing to make a quick adjustment and get it right. And and that's ultimately why I think, man, he's going to be successful for a long time at Baylor. Is like year one, you bring in a huge name offensive coordinator, Larry Fedora's been a head coach in a, at the Power Five level. The offense sucks. You let him walk. I mean, happened. Yeah. Uh, you know, year two, you have a lot of success. Going into year three, you make a change at quarterback, despite the fact that the guy that just won you a bunch of games. Now we can argue about whether that was the right decision, but you pull the trigger. Okay. Um, we struggle defense takes a step back. Guys aren't playing with the kind of tenacity you want. Okay. You make a change, new DC, bring back college. I mean, I just think he, he is so quick to adjust. Um, even admitting out loud in the off season, like, Hey, we probably gave some guys a little too much like privilege and a little, you know, we let some guys stick around that, that were using us and that weren't giving us everything they had. And we need to adjust how we approach personnel. Like, um, Man, I just can't say enough about Aranda's willingness to zig and zag to to fit and find what's going to work best here at Baylor. I think he's doing a great job. He's he's adjusted, and there is there's a little more stern attitude. It feels like he's he's got a good grasp of the program. Whereas day one coming in, he felt really nice talking to people in the program. He was really nice. Not to say he's not still kind. But he has made the adjustment to where coaches or players, if it's not a right fit, if you're not giving back to the program, we're cutting that loose. And you see that with guys like Micah Mascua, with Snacks Johnson, with Al Walcott. There were some issues and things behind the scenes that it wasn't a, hey, they were leaving the program and Dave Aranda was doing everything to pull them back in. There were some players that just truly didn't fit what Dave Aranda was trying to do at Baylor. And I think if you asked him, hey, of all the guys that transfer out, is there a one that got away? Aside from maybe Kyron, I, I think Dave's pretty content with where the team got in the transfer portal this offseason. Scotty, talking about these new guys that are coming in, we've already mentioned offensive line, Dominic Richardson. Who are the ones that you have circled or even saw in the spring game, like the Jake Roberts who showed out, that you're excited to see day one against Texas State next next fall? Yeah, man, I'd, I'd say Richardson's number one for me. I, you know... Um, Richard Reese had way too many carries last season. And I don't, yeah. I don't know how else to say it. Like you, you, you ran out of other things to do and you just kept giving a true freshman the ball and man, he stepped up, but you, you need to take some carries off of him um, and keep, keep him healthy for two more seasons. So I love what Dominic Richardson brings to that backfield. I, I just love it. Um, and then I'd say the Barrington brothers, man, I, I just, I, I cannot say enough. That was my biggest surprise. And I've said it three times already today in that spring game was how well the offensive line played even looked cohesive. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's a credit in large part to those guys experience and professionalism. Um, Drake, you talk about culture, man. I think that is how you win at Baylor, right? Um, 
Deion Sanders can do what he wants at Colorado. He's Deion Sanders. Yeah. Nick Saban, Nick Saban can do what he wants at Alabama. To some extent, guys like Sark at Texas can do whatever the heck they want. They don't need to worry about culture fit. They've got big name programs. At Baylor, you have to build that identity, that cultural identity really, really strongly because that is how you're going to get the best players to come to you, is if they distinguish your culture from Alabama, from Texas, from Colorado, what have you. And, and so you're talking about Aranda, you know, he said from day one, person fit, cultural fit is going to be a huge part of our evaluation of guys. And, uh, you know, I think he's gotten some criticism for that, but that's how Grant Taft won at Baylor. And I, I don't mean to just be the old hat here, but, you know, you're not going to compete with Alabama and Texas for all the five-star recruits. What you can compete for is guys that are looking for a special place where they belong and they fit. Their personality shines through. Their character comes through. Um, man, and so I'm just – I'm sorry. I kind of deviated back to the previous talking point. But, man, um, I think that's a winning formula. It won a Sugar Bowl and a Big 12 championship. But it went 12-2 and two in year two. And the, the goal is to get back to that. And Baylor has embraced the underdog mentality, too. I know a lot of people are excited. There are outlets that have Baylor at ninth best in the Big 12 preseason. Great. It'll put Baylor there. TCU was number nine last year. And look where they ended up. Um, Scotty, now transitioning into the NFL draft, which round one was last night. Did I watch it? No, could not have cared less. Um, I, there just aren't any Baylor players in the mix for a round for day one, round one. And more really, I don't know what's shocking, but weird compared to last year where you thought double digit guys were going to sign contracts and six to eight guys were going to get drafted. This year's a, a lot different with your Connor Galvin, Siaki Ika, and then past that. And even where those guys are going to go is kind of a mystery. Oh, yeah. And by the way, I watched Pat McAfee last night. And if, if you haven't checked out his draft coverage, you need to. He's hilarious. But um, this happens at Baylor, right? This is, again, you're not Alabama. You're not putting 10 guys in the NFL every year. So you're yeah. going to have years like last year where you just like, I mean, swept the draft in a lot of ways. And all those guys played really well this season, by the way. Um, you know, and, and this class is not that. Um, I'm interested to see where Ika goes. Galvin. I hope Jackson player gets his name called. I hope, uh, man, it, nothing would make me more happy than if Ben Sims gets his name called day three. Um, I thought that guy got ripped off, not getting invited to the combine, yeah. but this, this is an area where I think in the next two years, Aranda needs to show some improvement and some consistency because the other way I think you distinguish yourself as a Baylor program is saying, Hey, we can take the three stars and get them to the NFL. Right. Um, say what you will about Art Bryles. That's what he did. He took three star speedy athletes, got them to the league. Matt rule, um, similar things in his short time. Uh, Jalen Petrie is a great, great, great example of that. Um, and, and so I'm curious to see how Aranda and, and that staff, develop these guys. Um, but I think we see Siaki get called in the next uh, little bit. And, and you know, I think what would be interesting is to talk to like Siaki, Ika, and Jackson Player and say, hey, you both transferred here, yeah. hoping to benefit and maybe improve your draft stock. Maybe there's some question marks about how much their draft stock improved while at Baylor. I'm not sure either of those guys took a huge jump no. by coming to Baylor. Um, so I'm, I'm curious over the next couple of seasons to see how that continues to play out. 
When Ika first got here from LSU, the big conversation was, oh, here is a potential first-round draft pick defensive lineman. He's right. going to be a game-changer. And for all intents and purposes, especially his junior year, he was a game-changer. And then last year, there were times where, like, where, where's Siaki Ika in this conversation? You know, Baylor is at 6-6. Six and six. What has this guy been doing? And instead of a first-round draft pick, now he's slated at fourth or fifth round. What do you make of that? Is there anything to make of that there? You never know, Dre. I mean, talk. I'm not in the building. I've I've heard things uh, about that player in particular that I'd I'd rather probably not share. But I I will just say, you know, everybody's story is different, um, and there is always, I think, some level of accountability and responsibility that goes to the program and the coaching staff. But I think there's always a lot of accountability that goes to the individual. And you know, I, I think when you when you look at a guy like Jalen Petrie or Terrell Bernard. And you think of what those guys' stories are. Even Ben Sims, who who we're hoping gets drafted late, mm-hmm. um, it, it, you see uh, a a personality uh, that embraces um, what it takes to get to the next level. I'm not saying Apu does not have that, uh, but but I know I think it's really complicated when we start trying to say, what do you make of you know his, his kind of drop from expectation? It could be it could be any number of things, personal, team wise, um, scheme wise. Who knows? Yeah, that was the the NFL's scouting report for him had said something along the lines of 2022, less pressure, struggles with double teams. It felt like he got more attention last season, and that's where the league wants to see him improve. And then Connor Galvin's a guy who in the Ben Sims came out, I don't see Ben Sims getting drafted. I don't see Jackson player getting drafted and Connor Galvin's on that six, seven fringe. Maybe he goes undrafted. If Baylor gets out of this thing with only one draft pick, I am, I'm not pushing in any red panic buttons. I don't see that as a bad thing, but I can see how the look from the outside. That's not great. Scotty. It, you know, it's not. And yet it doesn't matter. I mean, I mean, was it two or three seasons ago? It was just William Bradley King was the only draft pick and he was a sixth or seventh rounder. Right. And, and what did we do a season or two later? We win the big 12 and the sugar bowl. So it, the it, very it, next season, yeah. there you go. So it really, it really like, you're right. And that's kind of why I said, we, we've got to watch the next two seasons as well, because if, if the pattern is you're only getting one or two guys drafted, then you're going to start losing recruits. But if it's, if it's just this season, you know, it was a weird season for Baylor football um, for whatever reason. I mean, Connor Galvin and Ben Sims are, are both guys that are going to be Baylor legends forever and ever and ever, arguably the greatest tight end and probably not the greatest left tackle, but a top three left tackle in school history. And um, neither projects as a great NFL guy. Uh, that just happened. You have great college players that don't make it on the next level. I think Connor Galvin is going to be a steal if he gets drafted late. I mean, that's a guy that I think could play multiple spots along the front. Um, Obviously a very intelligent player has just been dominant, just dominant the entire time in the big 12. I'd be really surprised if he's not on a roster um, come week one this fall, but you know, all that to say, I I think it's, I I will be really intrigued to see the next two seasons, how many guys we put back into the draft. He's a big dude, man. Connor Calvin's a big dude. And I, I'm Scotty. I'm going to give, I'll give mine first. I give this off season a solid B wasn't an A 
the spring game didn't blow me away. It was felt like kind of a wash in some areas, but I liked the way the transfers stepped up. I thought Baylor really attacked the transfer portal well. I give that an A. That's that's like I that's up there. I love that Dave Aranda adjusted to the transfer portal. The draft has been whereas last year is all we were talking about. This year it's uh, the draft's coming up. A couple guys might go. Um, so that to me is is more of in the wash category, a C to a B. I just I landed a solid B for Baylor's offseason. Where do you sit? Man, I'm gonna give it an A minus, and and maybe that's because I'm an optimist to your pessimist. But it's also, I think, I think the transfer portal is the most important piece by far. I mean, yeah. I, I I don't think the draft or what guys look like in the spring game matters nearly as much as man. You had some big big holes coming out of last fall, and for the most part, I think you shored up every position group really nicely. And I don't see secondary is still a lot of young question marks. But I still don't see a lot of areas on that on this Baylor roster where I'm super concerned. In fact, I, I was just scrolling through the roster before we got on the call, and I thought the talent, the talent on this roster is still exactly what I want yeah. as as a Baylor fan. How it all comes together, we'll have to see. You know how the coaching staff does that over the summer and into the fall. Yeah. Well. Scotty, I missed you. It's always a pleasure, man. I Welcome miss back, you, bro. Thanks, man. Let's do it again. Absolutely. If you want to follow Scotty's stuff, is at Preacher Pigskin on Twitter. Um, if you want to follow my stuff, don't. Just please save yourself. Spare yourself that. This has been, it always will be. Thank you for listening this week. Come back on Monday. We'll break down the NFL draft, more from spring football, and more from Baylor basketball's offseason and that big red button. This has been, always will be. Thanks for making it your first listen every single day. Locked on Baylor.